Welcome to the Honor Your Aura podcast, a podcast devoted to learning about, caring for, and empowering the energy within, with your host, Kema England. Hello, my friends. This episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast is brought to you by the Kamali Temple, your online resource for custom crystal orders, virtual healing sessions, and experiences like crystal and Reiki healing, aura readings, and the newest offering at the Kamali Temple, personalized light language transmissions. To learn more and to book your session or create your custom crystal order today, visit thekamalitemple.com, T-H-E-K-A-M-A-L-I-T-E-M-P-L-E.com. Now on to the episode. All right, welcome back everyone. So today we have a special treat. Uh, When I was interviewing Alana Kessler, back really in the kickoff months of the Honor Your Aura podcast, she mentioned that it would she would love to interview me for the podcast which here we are and i realized that it is actually the six month birthday of the honor your aura podcast so even more aligned with a little sharing on my end so we'll just leave it open and see what kind of fun questions uh, lana has for me and as those of you that have been with me for a while and for those that of you that are new I just do my best to be as open and transparent so let's hit it <laughs> amazing well I'm so excited I feel so honored to be able to interview you I guess ask you questions and just allow your you know the listeners in this community to get to know you in some ways that I that I know you and ask you some questions and just get you to share a little bit about your motivations and for me to learn more about about how you've been over the last 10 years because uh, we met 10 years ago. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, we met 10 years ago and you walked into my yoga studio just new and uh, a newbie to New York and uh, you know we developed such a great connection and friendship and uh, I think there was so much growing and just learning that we had and you know you've always been someone that I respect and admire not only for what you do but who you are and I really feel excited to you know to be able to turn the tables yeah. on you a little bit today. <laughs> can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> oh, thank um, you, Alana. Oh, yeah. So I guess, you know, why don't you, why don't you share a little bit about what your inspiration is for the work you do? Sure. And I can even, you know, I mean, I guess the, the work has just kind of expanded and been a really just beautiful journey i think the the foundation of it has always been getting to know and empower oneself energetically and that really ripples into the you know one-on-one healing work that ripples into the classes that i offer that ripples into 
crystals and then this podcast and you know the podcast became an extension but really its own entity uh, about I would say a couple of years ago the the concept the the phrase honor your aura kept being repeated to me and I didn't quite know um, what form it was going to take I thought wow this is a really powerful message and I didn't know if it was going to be a podcast I didn't know if it was going to be a book um, a blog you know and and why that emerged I feel I mean I'm sure that it was multi-layered but the the first inspiration that that really sparked honor your aura came from those last five to ten minutes at the end of every Reiki or crystal healing session that I offer I'm always sitting with the client and we are sharing about the experience and I every single time I always feel you know that five to ten minutes could just keep going and going and going and going and I always wanted to have a resource to that I felt really good about to send my clients to to continue their own personal growth and learning and expansion and so for each session of the honor your aura podcast has really uh, for me just allowed for that um, that core intention to to be the inspiration so to get to know oneself energetically is something that I sure can facilitate an experience for you um, but that is for your own discovery and that too is kind of my my underlying mission again with all of the these these different avenues of my offering but especially within the honor your aura podcast it's really one so you to have the information but then also you know each month there is your own personal exploration so that you can take these elusive i guess energetic topics because we hear them all the time especially the word aura i was almost like and i've talked about this before like triggered by this word aura or chakras it's yes these are a part of our beingness but sometimes we talk about them as though they're outside of ourselves or they're these things to you know logically comprehend and identify when really it's a a personal experience of inner knowing it's a personal experience of empowerment it's a personal experience of healing and and that can only come from within so it's all about yes you know taking care of my vessel to be able to hold the space for your vessel but ultimately my work is to the best of my ability to allow you to have an experience and then me to be a sounding board so that you can authentically grow and expand that's so amazing i i love that i love that intention i love that that motivation and it's so important these days especially you know as as people creating that you know really strong container of worthiness you know it's a word that gets thrown around a lot but I think you know in order to really have worthiness and be grounded in worthiness it's not something that you can just consume it's something you have to build and yes. so I really love that what you, the work you're doing is you know, such an integral part of that, you know, that applied practice, that building, the building blocks. And so I guess I'm curious, when do you, when did you feel, when did you know 
that energy work was something that, you know, you were meant to, to facilitate and um, was this something that you kind of just uh, woke up to one day? Is this something that has been in you since you were a child? Um, you know, when did you, uh, or, uh, or maybe how did you begin to, um, you know, unfold into this work? Sure. And it certainly has been an unfolding um, that has taken a lot of different twists and turns. But I, you know, I received Reiki when I was probably as young as eight years old by my mother, who was a, a Reiki practitioner. And I will never, that is something that I never forgot. And the, and I think that what stayed with me was the feeling of the experience. And even as a young child, it was something that I very much looked forward to. It was uh, something that was, you know, very familiar and nurturing. And I can't say that at that age, I obviously had a context for it. I thought that when my mom said she was raking me, I thought it was literally she was raking her fingers like through my <laughs> energy field. But now that I like I can remember that so distinctly that I actually at that young age could feel even though because she wasn't doing from what I can remember hands on Reiki, she was just working with the energy field and I could feel her moving her hands through my energy. Wow. And so I know through that experience that I was an extra sensitive, in tune, intuitive child. Um, but what can often happen, and I know I'm not alone in this, is that if you can see things and feel things that many don't, you can feel very alone, you can feel like you're not heard, you can, it can feel very confusing, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I think that Aries fire came out in a lot of frustration. You don't see this, you don't hear this, you don't get this, because I could see the deeper reasons. I mean, my you know behind, like my parents would say things or do things, and I would say like, you don't see why you're saying this, you don't, and this is when I was 10, you know, mm -hmm. 10 years old. Um, and so then eventually once I could become like a rebellious teenager, it was like, well, F this, like if I'm not going to be seen and heard in that way, then all I know, like, and we were just talking earlier before we were recording about how a lot of our younger, you know, years and of course chapters further still after you, you only know what you don't like, what doesn't resonate and you start to rebel against that. And so for me then I... I definitely began uh, shutting down and that further progressed that shutting down because I then, you know, just to kind of dive in a little bit, my mom, not only like she was a Reiki practitioner, she was a yoga teacher. Um, and she was the one that really opened me up to that whole realm. And, but then she was also a manic depressive. And so I knew I could see this full spectrum. And when I went into, you know, as a young, young child, I would go every year, if not multiple times a year to Kripalu, which is, you know, this, we'll call it a yoga ashram. Now it's more of a yoga retreat mm -hmm. center in, in Western Massachusetts. And that was like a second home for me. But I also realized that I could see things even there that were happening underneath the surface as a mm -hmm. young child. And I was very confused as to why 
that wasn't being talked about. And I thought, then I just decided, oh, this is really fake. This is not something that I want to be a part of. I could see where my mom was using spirituality as another band-aid or another veil, a bypass. So I kind of decided then and there, I'm not going to follow her path and I'm going to follow this my own path and I'm going to go in every direction that she didn't so that I can be like Mm. my own person Um, and not and I and then at a young age too I started to associate okay if not to go down too much of a rabbit hole here but I started to associate if I don't take the path that she did then I thought that I was freeing myself of so to becoming depressed right So, and there was a lot, I mean, there's a lot of different layers in there as well. So flash forward, moving to New York (laughs) in my early twenties and That's when you met, right? You were 24? Uh, Maybe, yeah. Maybe 23, 24. Yeah. So I moved to New York and I actually, before moving to New York. From Massachusetts. From Massachusetts. I was working in Massachusetts at a radio station and then... I was working at a record label when I moved to Brooklyn, but I knew intuitively, even though my lifestyle was, I was practicing yoga, Mm -hmm. uh, but, and I knew I was, and I was reading books on whatever, like spiritual topics. However, my lifestyle definitely not in alignment with it at that time. But I had an intuition that when I moved to Brooklyn is when I am going to start teaching yoga and that didn't necessarily make so much sense, but I felt more supported there. I felt like it was, you know, it was more creative, more eclectic, more supportive of the creative entrepreneur and more like I could be myself. I didn't feel like I had to be pigeonholed into what a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. was from the, what I was trying to break away from. Mm -hmm, So I felt mm -hmm. like it feels a little bit better. Um, But then, you know, six months in working at the record label, I had this moment Um, where I was very much out of alignment with myself and I just had this moment of like what am I doing and I need to do something for me and I decided to I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Reiki training and I you know google Reiki Brooklyn and lo and behold there's this woman teaching Reiki out of her apartment like two blocks from where I am kind of in the middle of nowhere Fort Greene esque area and so I'm like okay I'm gonna go get a session from her and see if she's gonna you know be my teacher and so I go and I get a session from her and she's just this this woman is not even five feet tall she's lives alone with her cats and like she's just living breathing energy Mm. work and I'm like this is this is my my woman my teacher so I'll try to just keep this abbreviated and I know people that have trained with me in Reiki have heard part of this story but the reason why I'm sharing this is because it's it's the synchronicity that has fueled every new chapter of my offering, I guess, energetically speaking. But what kicked it off was I went, I was working at the record label and at my lunch break one day went to give her my money for the training that was happening that weekend. And when I got back from my lunch break, my I found out my hours were going to be cut in half. It was that much of a serendipitous alignment. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I was like, so, and then I just said to myself, okay, when I get laid off, I'm going to work for a yoga studio. And that's how I found you. (laughs) So, you know, you remember I was coming into the yoga studio and 
couldn't even get my knuckles on the ground because I'd been like riding my bike, this rebel warrior for mm-hmm. the past couple of years. Anyway, so that's in essence what happened, but it wasn't, you know, that simple. Because of the synchronicity of that experience of it seeming very much aligned, like you are doing the right thing. And then obviously starting to, you know, when I then started to work for Alana, I was getting my ass in gear. Yeah. It was like, this was not, I thought I'm going to go work for this yoga studio <laughs> and it's going to be all this peace and love. And not that it wasn't, but it was like, Kema, you are going to face every aspect of yourself. You are going to show up at this time every morning. You are facing who, what you have created. And now you are deciding that you are taking this path and it is not going to be easy. And I, and really, I think it was the synchronicity of that moment of then working for the yoga studio that was my driving force because certainly there was a lot of shadow rumbling and coming to the surface. And, and it was not, I mean, practicing Ashtanga Mm is not an easy practice, never mind like the commitment and mm-hmm. the, uh, the depth and really being seen. I mean, you, you, you know, there, and, and I wasn't, I definitely wasn't used to that. I was in many ways living under masks that I had created, like well, I think energetic walls. And, and I think it's funny or just really interesting because you said that you, you know, the, the taproot of your motivation was to not bypass the same way your mom did and then you ended up at my studio where you know I'm definitely not that you know the yoga for me is in you know it's not a headstand it's not a crazy backbend it's not you know uh you know it's not a posture it's it's all the ways in which you're not facing and and then growing compassion from that truthful honest place um, you know, to become, uh, you know, yourself and to become that, you know, that version of yourself to, to me that, that, that is yoga and the, the postures and, the you know, the physical practice facilitates that, but of course you have to be willing to see it. And it takes a lot of courage, um, to stay. It takes a lot of courage to show up consistently it takes a lot of courage to know that you want to run away and resist and continue to show up. It takes courage to show up when you're messy, you know, anyway, and take responsibility. And ultimately, the practice of yoga and all of this spiritual work is about learning to see taking responsibility and accountability as the greatest act of self-care and the highest, most elevated spiritual practice. And so I think you coming into my studio with that being this is our yoga mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we do you know definitely we do some cool poses but you know this is really the practice oh yeah I mean it was certainly I mean it was certainly like divine and meant to be and I could see it in then and now I can obviously really see it now in in the retrospect obviously and I mean and it took for me going to my first yoga training I remember we were you know, I was in India and the, they're talking about fears. Literally, I was still terrified. Even then, I was now becoming that. Mm. And But what that has served is I can't do anything out of like a spite or a rejection of because that's still going to hold a lingering energy. Mm. And 
so there, I mean, there was so much, obviously so much healing around, you know, my mom and her experience and, and then really knowing that that has been, um, just as like, you know, the bright and the good are all great teachers, but so much of the, the greatest teachers in life come from the immense polarity and the darkness and help to shape really who you are and what you stand for Mm -hmm. and you know it's helped and I think that even too you know whether it has been yoga or again this practice of energy work really just coming from that authentic place not just throwing out words like chakras auras Mm -hmm. or these spiritual teachers or whatever but what does this really mean what is this really what does this really mean and what does it mean for me? And, you know, a lot of that discovery has come from throwing myself into immense darkness. Mm-hmm. And so that I could authentically say, this is the path that I want for myself. And yeah, even though that is uncomfortable and sucks sometimes when you realize you've just made a series of choices that have put you so far from where you want to be. But ultimately, I can see them as all what I needed to be able to say, yes, this is what I want. And yes, this is what I feel very good about offering. And that it's not just this either spiritual bypass or just a regurgitation of teachers, you know? And, and so that has, that has really been it for me. And the more that I, and I would say Reiki in particular, um, gave me the appropriate verbiage and context to speak of the things that were going on that I was experiencing even as a child that I didn't have the words for that I didn't have the that I didn't know how to express and it gave me tools to better understand myself that's so and that never that does that has not ended to this day you know it Mm -hmm. the more that then I think that that's another aspect. It's it's never boring, you know. Sometimes when you let go of, for me, it was like the rebellion or like the partying or the whatever. Like those acts, you know, you think, well, things are going to be boring on the other mm-hmm. side. Yeah, but, you think you have to have crazy sensation, but you know, when you can attune to thing, you know, to to something a little bit more neutral giving you, filling you up in that same way, right? Like, you don't need to have that, you know, you don't need to, you don't need that huge sensationalism all the time to feel something. You can train yourself up to feel filled up um, by something a little more neutral. Yeah, and I, and you know, all I can say through my own experience is that life has actually been far more fulfilling and actually exciting and, and opens your awareness to not again rushes while granted to me some of the we'll call them whatever spiritual energetic experiences that I've had have been I guess exhilarating but to when you're when you allow yourself to be in a in that we'll just say neutral space you can be in observance of synchronicity you can be in observance of how energy feels and that is something that's available in absolute stillness and that awareness around wow i'm seemingly doing nothing i'm sitting here Mm -hmm. and all of these worlds realms dimensions are Mm -hmm. opening up to me Mm -hmm. and 
that would that cannot be opened if you are constantly filling that space with noise whether that be mentally or through your physical doing so i only again i can only share for myself that I, and I feel so lucky and grateful that it can be an authentic expression and that I can say, wow, through this committed practice, I don't even know because it just feels natural um, at this point that entering into that space is the doorway to receiving what your logical mind could never comprehend. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is just the most exciting way to live and interface with life and to constantly know that there's more and more layers not only of yourself but of this world of this universe that have yet to become known have yet to be discovered it I mean I just find that to be completely just fascinating given the amount of seemingly unknown that we are swimming in all totally. the time absolutely so true so True. So true. So I guess my, my last question is, what is your biggest strength, would you say, um, at, this, at this moment in time? You know, taking everything into account, all of your tools and skills and intuition and integration and assimilation. Um, when you think about the work you do now, because you work with crystals, you work in energy, you work in yoga, um, and I'm sure they all work in collaboration with each other, but if you think about, or if you just reflect on, um, you know, your contribution, when you think of where the energy is the most strong, where do you feel that lives? Uh, well, I think it absolutely, it's, it's more about <clears throat> the the strength that is just held in holding space for yourself no mm -hmm. matter what you are experiencing mm -hmm. and that is the what to me is like the underlying truth for it all mm -hmm. and for the most authentic growth and expansion and just way of being is to as we you know we mm -hmm. i know we've talked about this but really across the board it is how do you hold yourself no matter what you are feeling and experiencing no matter how deep it is, no matter if you've deemed it so wrong or bad, or even if it's joy, how do you allow yourself to just be in your fullest expression in each and every moment? And to me, that is what Reiki is creating a container for that expression to come to life, to be held in the container of that moment. Crystals are opening you to be able to experience all that you are and uncover all mm -hmm. that you are and within the world around you and can you hold space for what is emerging mm -hmm. every you know all of these practices i feel are for that discovery of self and in that discovery you it's creating this simultaneous container cradle whatever you want to say hand to hold through that experience so yeah. to me that is the most powerful Awesome. Awesome. A fo last follow-up question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when do you feel like the most you? I would say in stillness, in yeah. nature. Nice. You know, it, when things are extremely quiet, vast, and to just be able to be. And usually 
And when that happens, I usually start bawling my eyes out. Yeah. And and then I know whatever it was not me or was not a part of the experience is revealing or releasing. And then I know what's left is, in essence, me. Mm. And what does that feel like? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an energy. It's certainly not bound by the physicality of my body. It's certainly not bound by my identity or my personality. You know, and I think that there can be this interesting relationship, you know, when we are embarking on, whether if you want to call it spiritual path or whatever, but where you, you know, you're deepening this relationship to yourself, but not in the way that you've come to know yourself. And often, you know, yes, like I, you know, you want to have this balance of like being in your fullest expression, whether that's like laughing or singing or whatever it is. But I, for me, it's more the, the knowing that, that I am not just this embodiment and that I am, in essence timeless and I can feel the the connection Mm -hmm. to it all not just here but through time and space through the entirety of the universe really Mm -hmm. and knowing that that to me is the closest that I can get to to my my essence and and who I am yeah yeah for me it's definitely trust abundance and connection you mm-hmm. know and you know and thank you so much for sharing your how you feel you I think like you were saying before it's so important to to not just know what doesn't feel like you but to know what feels like you and to spend time paying attention to when you are feeling like yourself knowing intimately what and you can name what those feelings are so that you can resource them in times when you don't necessarily feel like you rather than just you know being in swimming in that whole thing and and digging more you know sometimes digging isn't always the right way it's sometimes resourcing you know the the what is you and trying to put that into the bucket so um I appreciate you definitely sharing that about you you know for me it's it's a feeling of belief of trust belief uh, connection, um, abundance. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and I think that sometimes that feeling energy is beyond words that we even have, but the more that one allows themselves to connect to themselves in that way, Mm -hmm. the more familiar Mm -hmm. and the more you get to know that like distinct energy. Mm -hmm. And so just like anything else, the more you get to know it, it's, that building of the energetic muscle you can Mm -hmm. return to it you know then then when you're entering into your day that's the best source of intuition because you feel you are you allow yourself to actually feel your energetic exchanges with everything that you're doing and and that's true alignment I think is when you know what feels like the most you and then when something isn't necessarily you you can still be in alignment and include it if you're really grounded in feeling like you because you can practice training up that, you know, the feeling like you muscle. And that really grows your capacity, I think, for love and compassion for the world. 
Um, yeah. And so oh, that's all I have thank for you, you Kayla. Anna. I love it. Well, I, I know I gave some long-winded responses, but those were really beautiful questions. Aww, so thank you. My and I'm pleasure. sure, yeah, if anyone, you know, you're tuning in and you have questions for me, things that you want to hear more about, I'm always open to share. And so thank you, Alana, for, for just being so thoughtful in the questions that you asked. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Love you, Kema. Love you too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please leave a review and share with your friends because I want you to be the start of the ripple that allows others to honor and empower the energy that lies within.